Hi, Kath. Hey, Nora. We're a little delayed. We should have posted last week. Tough. It's true. I was out at the farm. Writing? Harvesting. Harvesting. Yes, and doing some writing. Thinking about writing anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Part of the process of writing is thinking about writing. That's right. And going, oh, no, staring at the white sheet. (laughs) And then going to the fridge for something to eat, as we were talking about before. (laughs) So, speaking about artists and thinking, that's what you're up You've got, I think, don't you? Yeah, there was an interesting thing up at um, Fast Company. You know, there's this concept, design thinking, which is applying what designers do to other businesses. Yeah. Uh, and it's become kind of a buzzword and almost like an overused buzzword. But there was at Fast Company. I like it. I like it, too. At Fast Company, they had this idea of art thinking. So the idea is, <laughs> what do... Stupid. Art- <laughs> <laughs> don't do that if you want to eat. <laughs> That's right. Um, what do artists bring to um, their practice that uh, people in other creative fields can, can learn from? And so some of the things were the idea of just freeing yourself from the relentless chain of productivity... Try explaining that to your boss. Yeah. I'm not lazy. I just am freeing myself from the bounds of productivity. But also, you know, doing the things like what artists typically do is they're really doing open-ended exploration. They're not necessarily thinking, you know, how do I build a better mousetrap and let me iterate around ways to, to do that. They're mm-hmm. thinking, I want to explore an idea in a really free and open way. And that genuinely is the way you come up with radically new ideas um, by doing that kind of really open-ended thinking and not knowing if there is a solution out there, which is another one of the things that they talk about. Yeah. The article finishes with it's a sort really of... really good article. It is a really good article. It's a and bit woolly at the beginning. Yeah, but. but it gets... Towards the end, they're sort of saying, okay, so this is how artists work, and what would be some ways that you could actually incorporate some of that into your your own slightly more structured practice, even if you're not actually an artist? I think, I believe from the article when I went through it, was is that um, they've taken this model and they take it to corporations who really want to shake up mm. their, sort of, their stagnant structures mm-hmm. and see if they can't think more like artists and then bring that to bear on their product. But the thing that was really interesting was, is he said there was the two first steps in it, and it was things like, that was like the blue sky time. Mm-hmm. It was like the observation and basically what is it that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then the other one. So that we're much more proactive, what yeah. five businesses would think of. And they said, yeah, we like this, but throw out the first two right. parts of it. And he said, no, 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 no. Those are the two most important parts. Well, a big part of you know any type of... I don't even think it's just artists, but really, if you're going to be creative, you have to have that period where you kind of let your mind go fallow, which is another one of the things that they talk about, just that almost daydreamy type of period, because that's where you come up with creative ideas. But the problem yeah. is, in most places that we work, that's a very hard sell, right? To say, oh, I need to just fuck off for a while and just daydream, right? Because that's going to result in some good stuff. But anyway, it is, um, if you're thinking about how to kind of jumpstart your creativity, there's some good ideas there. Did it resonate with you as as an artist, as a writer? Yeah, it did. Actually, I I can't talk about the series, but I was in a writer's room and I'd never been in one before. Mm -hmm. And that's basically, do you think everybody knows? What a writer's I, room I didn't know. is. Yeah, well, it's basically, so if you've got a new series, you've gotten a green light from um, a network to put it on. This is yeah. a TV show. And then you go with a bunch of other writers that have been handpicked by the story editor. And then you all sit together for a week and throw around ideas. Cool. Yeah, it is, but it felt kind of 
it's a skill to learn. Yeah. Especially with other artists. Right, because you're used to working in a solitary mode. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. one thing I have learned from um, the head writer on this show, she's a friend of mine and she's helped me with some other things, and it's how important that fallow period is mm-hmm. and to just sit in the muck yeah. of whatever it is that you're doing. I always feel like I'm not working. But it is part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Anyway, it's worth, it's worth a read, for sure. Yeah. And it, it actually did remind me that I, I interviewed this, uh, pre-interviewed this artist for Spark who's doing, working on this series called Praying Robots, where he's building robots that pray. And like prey on people or prey? <laughs> no, Have you seen just, that robot that chases people down? I sent you the, the yes, of the it. animals type robot. Yeah. yeah, no, this is like rat, robots that like pray to God, kind of pray. Just talking to him really made me realize like he's just inspired by curiosity. Like he wants to understand the relationship between technology and spirituality. He doesn't know if there's an answer. He doesn't know how it's going to work out. He doesn't have any. No, he's built three robots, but it's like, that's what I mean by it's like like that idea of he doesn't necessarily have an end point. He's not sure that he's right. He's just in this very open-ended period of exploration. Whereas people either say, oh, that's interesting. Oh, my God, could he believe he's being paid to do that? (laughs) Oh, I'm not paying for it. (laughs) But anyway, speaking about paying for things, Mm -hmm. um, I was just cruising around on the net and actually... As you reminded me, I don't always know everything about what's going on online. Because <laughs> you saw, don't know. <laughs> I saw this um, f- crowd. What do they call it? Funding sites like mm-hmm. Kickstarter, and this one's called Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. And I just noticed that there are so many of these now that I think that we can definitely say that crowdsource funding is a legitimate way to fund. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think it's, we, we started doing stuff like years ago on the Sniffer. Remember we had yep. those things like about how people were, I think it was called Celeband, like people raising money to complete albums and stuff like that. But, and, but it was <gasps> kind of fringy right. in the early going. Yeah. Or there's like, it you know. It was charcuterie. People were, wanted to get some money. There was charcuterie, which was um, a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. But now it does seem to be, like, I think mostly because things like Indiegogo and Kickstarter have been so successful that... I didn't even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, people, one of my colleagues uh, was, had never seen that video of David after the dentist, because that's the reality of, like, online life. There's always something that everyone else has seen that you haven't seen, right? And it's so embarrassing. But the one thing that I really liked is, is that I noticed, at least on Indiegogo, they have all these different sections, and one of them is health. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy by the name of Ed, and I think he was from England. That's kind of what it sounded like. But anyway, he was in BC and he was working. Mm-hmm. And he was at a party. Three guys were picking on this chick, and he stood up for her and had the crap pounded out of him. Yikes. He was put in the hospital. He had, like, he might have brain damage. He had, you know, like concussions. And he doesn't want to get, his friends don't want to see him get stuck with the bill. Uh-huh. So they are collecting money for Ed. Mm. And I think they've got like $12,000 so far, and it's between 10 and 20, but they've hit their goal anyway. Anyway, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think for sure it's, it's definitely I like... I could get some money like that. <laughs> you could fund your new... Actually, there was a thing, um, Jack Chang, who uh, I've uh, oh, cited yeah. before, he raised the money to finish his novel, actually, on Kickstarter. So there is some precedent for... And that's a, an interesting way to kind of, in his case, I think, to ratchet oh. his... Profile. Um, profile online in terms of saying <laughs> like you trust miserably. this guy <laughs> but, but this, the question about this this person that you um, gave the example of is and I'm not doubting their 
story, but just as a for instance, like how do you know that? How do you know a that it's true, right? Right, and oh, then not Laura. about no, no, no. And I'm not saying these people in particular, but it's like it does raise the question of like how? What are the balances that you put in place to make sure that it's legit? Which I think is well, probably a question maybe. that all crowdfunding places have to figure well, out, right? You're helping somebody out, or you could be a sap, mm-hmm. sort of one or the other. Yeah. But I don't know, I kind of like the altruism, like the real kick. I haven't given Ed any money yet. Uh-huh. But I saw all these other people that need new wheelchairs and stuff like that. Like some woman who had this specially wheelchair built for her and somebody stole her wheelchair. Oh my now God. Now her daughter's trying to get money for her. But anyway, I think it is definitely a valid way to raise funds. Um, and it's also interesting feels- that people are willing to do that, right? That a lot of people have a little bit of disposable income, even if they can't, you know, invest $50,000 in something or be mm-hmm. an angel investor or whatever. A lot of people have, you know, 50 bucks or something that they might be willing to take a chance on. Yeah. I think that it's going to create, it could create some funding for things that traditionally we have counted on the government to give us money for. Hmm. And we might help one another, like in the old days. Send Kathy money to finish the yes. next installment Send of her trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> That's Come to the blog for links to these stories and more. TheSniffer.net. Bye. Bye.